Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So today we're going to start a brand new uh, series called Sifted, and I'm taking some of the context. I'm going to give you this so that you know, uh, not really all of it, just some ideas I got uh, after reading some of this. This is a book by Wayne Cordero. Um, uh, and he's a pastor. He used to be a pastor in, in Hawaii. Um, and I think he's up in the Seattle maybe area now, but he was for years down in Hawaii. And it's a book called Sifted. If you want to read and get more details, it's a great little book. Um, it's mostly for ministers, but I think it's very applicable given the last year or two we've had. If you felt like you've been through some things or experienced some deals in some, some unique situations, this would be a good book. It's got some really good questions to ask yourself. And uh, some very spirit-led type um, conversations with God you could take by, by doing it. But anyway, it's just called Sifted. You can Google it on Amazon, whatever, you know, books, however you do, paper, e-books, whatever. It's just called Sifted. And I just titled this, and the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about it and take it from the context of Luke 22. So I'm going to read this to you uh, today from Luke 22, and then we'll get started with this. So Luke 22 and verse, um, let's see, starting in verse uh, 31. All right. Uh, this is what Jesus is talking to his disciples, and I'll give you some context in a minute, but at first I want to read to you this verse. He says, Luke 22, verse 31, Simon, Simon, this is talking to Peter, so Simon is, is Peter. But he says, Simon, Simon, behold, or be aware of this. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, I'm, we're going to get into this in a little bit deeper, but I'm going to kind of lay up uh, this this verse for you uh, with a bit of a story, okay? So, it may not look like it now, but because um, I'm not getting older, but it may not look like it now, but uh, when I was right after high school, me and my buddies... We all started really lifting weights. I know it don't look like it now, but I used to have a lot more muscle than I do now. Okay, highly matter of fact, when we started dating, and uh, it, you know, after about a year or so, I don't know how long it was. She she actually told me she's like, "Why did you stop working out?" <laughs> it was kind of obvious, you know, like I'm not, uh, you know, working out as much anymore. And I was doing things. Well, baby, I'm spending more time with you. I mean, that's what it is. So. <clears throat> Anyway, I mean, I did everything. I I would uh, drink the raw eggs. I saw that on Rocky. I thought if he did it, it'd help me. I don't have. I do not advise that, by the way. Uh, protein shakes, you name it, man. I would eat more junk. I eat more calories than you can imagine. I just could not. My metabolism was so fast. I just could not put much more weight on him. So I started working out with my buddies. So one of them was Tim uh, and Lynn, but Tim Shirey, my my good friend, who he went to be with the Lord last year, and um, he was the worst of of the group with this, but. He would stick us on, he'd stick me on, we're doing bench presses. No, we didn't do it for anything else. Not leg presses, shoulders, nothing else we did, we didn't do this. But only for the bench press. We're trying to see, you know, how much can we lift? uh, Or how many reps could we do? Or whatever we did. He was the worst about this. He'd stand over the bar, and you'd go. And here you go, the first one. You know, the first one's always the easiest one. If you don't lift weights, you wouldn't notice. But the first one's easy. It's like, boom, boom. You're like, yeah, baby. And But by the third set, and that last rep on the third set... You are struggling. I mean, you're shaking 
Like, it's not going to, and that bar, and now your buddies are looking at you. Come on, you got it, you got it. And if you've never done this before, you know, you may not know what I'm talking about, but if you have, you know what I mean. My friend Tim is sitting there looking, hey, come on, come on, you got it. He's smiling. He's, you know, he's a punk. He can lift twice as much as me. And he's just smiling, you got it, you got it, you got it. And I'm like, I don't have it. You got it. Come on, one more, one more. I mean, you know, we weren't, you know, big guys, but we acted like it. You know, I mean, it's, and and he and he'd finally get that last one up. Yeah, you're like, yeah, and you start to lean the bar back. Oh no, he'd say, no, 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 one more. Man, I got nothing left. And here, but you can't help it. Here comes the weight. I can't do it. And you're trying all you got. And he just smiles. He thinks it's so funny. Come on, Joe, one more. And what he would do is, I swear, you feel like the bar is going to land on your throat and choke you to death. But he'd just put two fingers under the bar and give just a little bit. And I swear, it's the craziest thing. But that little bit, you would just finish. And that's the one that really counted. You know, everybody will tell you when you lift weights, the first one doesn't really count. Anybody can lift one or two times. You know, that's not really going to It's that last one that's one that's really building muscle. I don't do that anymore. I don't even advocate that you'd lift like that. I don't, it's not wise. But um, the point is that last one, that's the one that really counts. That's the one that's really tearing down muscle. That's, it's going to cause you to put on uh, you know, more, more muscle. In the same way, the context of sifting is very much true. When you think you can't go anymore and you think that's it, I'm done. I can't take any more. I'm spiritually exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. I am emotionally exhausted, mentally exhausted. I just can't, God, I can't handle anything else. That's the one that's doing the work in your life. It's not the easy stuff that you get over that's really building very much strength in your life spiritually. It's the tough times that does the work in you. You know, it's amazing when you talk to some of the people that are older. And ask them about the last couple of years, and it's been tough, but they don't, they've been through worse. They just have. I mean, you know, not getting to go to certain parks or shops or whatever else, you know, your, your coffee's late in the line or whatever, not a big deal to them at all. They've been through worse. They've been through very difficult seasons. So this doesn't mean as much to them. The last one, though, is what it's basically called. It's when you feel like you have nothing else. That one more is what sifting is. So what is sifting? Let me just give you this couple of definitions real quick so we can talk about sifting and why, 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 what's the point in this today. So what is sifting? Well, to sift something, it means to separate by passing through a sieve or a sieve or other straining device to separate out the coarser elements. So it's, if you've seen it before, uh, you, you know, you sift flour, you put the flour in the thing and it sifts and out comes the fine flour. And if there's any uh, components in it that's bigger, it won't fall through the screen. But another definition of sift, it means to riddle, which we'll talk some in, as we go through the series, but just think about those two definitions. One is to separate something. The other is to riddle something. Um, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Not all sifting has to do with the physical life. Not all sifting has to do with uh, trials by things that you see. Some sifting is a matter of this. When he tells you lies to make you believe things that aren't true. It's to riddle. You ever heard somebody give you a riddle? Like Solomon has a lot of riddles in the Bible. You can read them. They're, they're kind of interesting. 
you know, uh, Samson, he was the king of riddles, you know, it's just, I, and I read some, I think, you know, your riddles make no sense to me. I had to learn and understand what you're talking about, but for their culture, they would have made sense. But you ever see somebody give those jokes or riddles? Do you get it? Do you get it? I hate riddles. I, they're a waste of time for me. I like to me, I'm just going, I'm, I'm just exhausted hearing the thing. It's just, I don't have the capacity here to even sit through a riddle. Just tell me the answer. I'm ready to move on. I don't, I just I have no patience with it. Satan though, desires to sift you like wheat, he will throw out some stuff at you. Well, if this is true, then why this? Oh, if this is going to be, then why that? Oh, if this, and he'll make you think all kinds of things that aren't true to try to sift your life. But sifting does one of two things in your lives. In the last couple of years, I think this has been obvious. Sifting will do one of two things in our lives. It'll either cause you to take on that one more rip and you'll grow from it. Or it will cause you to quit, to turn away, or to try something else. This is why people, you can't build faith on what God does in his blessings. You can't build Christianity on, well, God's so good, he's so good, he blesses you. Look, his favor is so great. Yeah, that's true. But if you build someone's life on that, they will turn when it falls short. Well, what, well why didn't I get the promotion? Well, I guess God didn't want me to have it. That is a terrible view of Christianity. That's based on something else. That is not God. Because there are Christians that are martyred for their faith. You are not guaranteed a bonus or a paycheck increase or a great life or everything else or a new car, a new house, and a picket fence every five years. That is not Christianity. Men and women died for their faith, and we, because the coffee line is too long, got upset. Well, I just wish they Ain't nobody working. Deal with it. Well, I just wish they'd make my coffee. Well, who cares what you want? Go make your own coffee. That's what we did. I got a great coffee maker now. Save me a lot of money from Starbucks. Man, my wife loves that thing. Save me a lot of money. Starbucks ain't getting near the money from me anymore. I love it. You know, if the line is wrapped up around the building, get over it. That's not one more rip. That's just life. Deal with that, you know? But it'll do one of two things. You'll take on that one more rip or it'll cause you to quit the term. Try something else. Jesus says sometimes this. I've been with you long enough. I've taught you things. I've given you my word. I've been with you. It's time that you use what I've given you. He did that to his disciples. No reason to think he wouldn't do it to us. No reason to think that. You remember what he told his disciples? Have I not been with you so long that you do not yet understand? He said this numerous times to his disciples. And it's great when you feel Christ. It's great when you feel his presence. It's great when the music's just right and you got the goosebumps and everything's great. You got the thing and the job's great and the car's every And you walk in here, man, like Jesus is like arm to arm with you. You're like, what's that? Man, God's good. Yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored. And Je- but listen, when all that stuff ain't happening, where are you at? Well, I'll just tell you, it's just so bad. Well, what happened to that? I'm blessed and highly favored stuff. Because it ain't real. It's just a bunch of talk. And a lot of people do a lot of talking. Especially when we was in the gym. There was a lot of talking going on. Ladies, I don't know how it works for you. But I'm going to say how the guys do. It's a lot of talking. A lot of talking. It drove me crazy. People would be talking. They want to talk. I'm ready to work out. Let's go. Let's lift weights and get out, man. They want to talk about the protein shake. They want to talk about how much they lift. They're going to talk about their regimen, their diet. I don't care what you're doing at home. 
They just talk, 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 talk. If you don't think a man won't talk, put him in a gym, ladies. I'll tell you. He will talk a lot about stuff and half of it ain't true. He's just making up stuff, man. But people do a lot of talk. In the gym, in their job, sports. You know, when you get older, people say a lot of stuff. About the only real, I mean, there may be some other you guys, but my follow-up might be, you know, I, there's a lot of athletes I know, but he he's one of the few people I know that when I say athlete, there you go. That's one right there. I still wouldn't want to play against him right now. You know, he's like the bionic man. He's got like, you know, titanium here, titanium there, whatever. I still wouldn't want to go against him. He'd probably kill you, man. Athlete. But there's a lot of guys never played a snap. And they talk a bunch of junk. Back when I was, man, I'll tell you what, we played. Well, where'd you play? Well, I played, I played in middle school. Well, you didn't play ball then, because everybody got to play in middle school. Man, I got to play in middle school. What you talking about? But if he tells it, I might, I'll listen to him. A lot of talk. But where's the proof? The proof is, as they say, what we call in the pudding, if you will, or it's in the, and it's not what we say, it's what we do. And sifting, I'm telling you, it reveals a lot of what's going on in our hearts. Um. So when I worked in fast food, uh, I was, uh, during high school, around 16 is when I started. But it was interesting. Myself, uh, Matt's over here, Jason, interesting. But a lot of us, we worked at Bojangles in fast food when we was in high school. And they'll tell you the very similar thing. It was interesting. When people would come through and get hired on, we would, if you had been there any length of time, you knew how to run the, the, the restaurant, you would train people. We even trained managers. It was the weirdest thing ever. Uh, you're supposed to be in charge. Like, why am I training you? And then I'm thinking, well, why am I getting paid less than you to train you to be over me? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But it's because they come in to leave, whatever. Well, we would, we would train people, and it, was, it got very frustrating for some of these new guys because you would be working. Uh, let's just say, for instance, if I was frying chicken, Jason might be making biscuits over, right? So they had sifting machines for flour, for biscuits. And when you would sift, you know, it, it would make fine, little, beautiful, powdery covering on the biscuit table. So that you could do the work, you know, and so your biscuits would stick to the table. You're doing this song. Well, on the, in the chicken area, you'd fry chicken and stuff. Same kind of situation, flour. But because you're dealing with wet ingredients as well, if you've ever done this before you ever cook, you know, it's, it, it sticks to the flour. And it starts making these clumps. And when you're doing this chicken and stuff and all, these clumps are getting in the batter and all the flour. So every now and then you have to flick the switch, open the drawer, and all this flour would fall down into a machine. It was a big sifter. And it would sift out all the good flour. You'd reuse it for the chicken batter. And you would dump all these, I don't know what you would call them. They were just stuck together. You ever been in like the, the fish place and you get those little fried kernels in the basket, you know, that's not the fish that everybody loves, right? You love the little kernels. It's not the fish. It's what's left over. Oh, man, they're the best. It's not the same way with chicken. Because, yeah, the crunchy stuff. You know what I mean? It's the good. It's good, man. But when you're done with chicken, if you don't sift that flour, those little crunchy things stick to the chicken. And if they're too thick, when you fry the chicken, the chicken is undercooked. It won't cook right. And it looks weird. And so it would frustrate us to no end because we would tell the guys, you have to sift the flour. You cannot, because now we can't serve that. Now we're behind. Now everybody's screaming at us. All because you wouldn't take a moment to do the right thing, right? Sifting sounds bad because Jesus says Satan has demanded permission to sift you. So when we read that, we think, well, I don't want to deal with it because it's Satan. 
But just because Satan throws out the challenge does not mean it's all, it could be a tough time. But on the back end of it, if, it, if we work through it, you actually remove the impurities. And what you're left with is a better product. But most of us don't like it, do we? And this is the question I think most will be asking. Why would Jesus allow Satan to do it anyway? Isn't that an interesting question? Come on, does anybody want to know that to, besides me? Like, why does he say, Peter, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat? And then, why does he allow Satan to do it? That's a good question, I think. So I, I looked it up and wanted to, to figure out a couple of things here. So why could Satan do this? Why did Jesus allow this? Since you know what sifting is, why would he let him do it? Why would he let him put you through the ringer? Let's read the verse again, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. It says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission. That word demanded is a very interesting word. He's demanded permission to sift you like wheat. You know what word permission is? It's, it's may I do something. You're asking for permission to do it. And it's almost like it's reading like Jesus is going to let him do it. Like, why doesn't Jesus stick up for you? It's a very interesting thing. So here's the word demanded. Let me give you a couple of definitions. Number one, I'm just going to put them up on the screen. And uh, you can read these or listen to me explain them. It's a Greek word, demanded. It means to demand something for a trial or to desire. Another definition of demand. It means to successfully to demand something and obtain an affirmative response. It means to ask for with emphasis and with implication of having a right to do so, to ask for, to demand. The fourth thing is interesting to me. It means to bring about a challenge to be claimed as due or just. Now, if you were to look at these a couple of scriptures, I'm going to just give you, these are some demand scriptures. I'm going to give you just a couple of them, put them on the screen for you right here. But Luke's, Luke 11, 16, I'll put them on the screen so you can see them. And by the way, if you want these, I'm going to give you a whole list of other ones. If you want these, uh, you can uh, join our text alert or email blast or whatever. Um, if you do that, we'll send you all these. I'm not going to read every one of them. I'm just going to throw a couple of them up, okay? These are the two you can see. But Luke eleven sixteen, this is a word demanding. When Jesus was casting out demons, this is what others said. Verse 16, others were going to test Jesus. They were demanding of him a sign from heaven. The people were demanding of Jesus. They demanded a sign from Jesus. This is kind of a negative connotation, right? Luke 23 and 24, when the crowd was demanding Barabbas, Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand be granted. So Pilate was overwhelmed by the crowd and gave in to their demands. So when you look at... um, uh, the Jews that were asking for a sign, they were not asking like, would you please show us a sign? They were saying, if you really are the Christ, show us a miracle right now. He was doing all kinds of miracles. It's a negative connotation. And it's kind of the idea that, that Satan is talking about right here. It's, it's, to, it's, it's a demand, but why would Jesus even entertain this from Satan? Well, what I'm about to tell you is probably not going to go well with your theology. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you're watching online, you might click off. You know, If you're in here, you may want to get up and leave, but I'm going to shoot straight with you. Okay? You, you want me to shoot straight with you, or you want me to make up a bunch of junk? Yeah, I want somebody to shoot straight with me. Because I've heard all that baloney garbage that says, oh, if you follow Jesus right, and if you got faith, and if you this and you that, and oh, Jesus, he'll come through you, and he'll do this, and you have victory every time. Let me tell you something. I've been with enough people this year that had faith, that did it right, that did the right things, and it didn't work out for them the way that they thought it was going to. 
So I don't need somebody to come up to me and say, oh, we never have problems. Baloney. And not a Christian I know that has gone through life that did not have a problem. If they are, come on up here. I'll be glad to give you this podium. Right, you can have it. And then you can elevate and instruct all of us in our unrighteousness. I'm telling you, man, we have all had issues. Has your car ever broke down? Yeah. I got a tire right now that's had four different screws in the same tire. What? How does that happen? I, I got, it keeps leaking right now. I can't even put any more plugs in it. I got to buy a new set of tires. I hate that. It's Christmas time. I just bought other stuff. I don't want tires. No, but not me. I'm a Christian. Jesus, I got the victory, baby. My tires never go flat. Man, you full of junk. That's what you are. Stop spreading that garbage. That ain't true. Your tire's going to go flat one day. Don't speak that against me. I ain't speaking nothing against you. I'm giving you reality. Tread wears out. You have to replace tires. That's foolish to go around saying, not my tires in Jesus' name. Man, you're an idiot. And people look at you and say, you dumb. Your tire's going to wear out unless you leave it in the garage. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We have problems, do we not? But if, if the theology is presented in a way that as a Christian, you never will go through a trial, you will be more defeated because you went through something than if someone be honest with you and say, no, you're going to face troubles. I think somewhere there's a guy named Jesus that said, in this world, right? Did y'all read that somewhere? You will face trials and tribulations, but take courage for I have overcome the world. That's where our victory is, in the faith in Christ. Not in my tires, man. <coughs> so, pardon me. <coughs> so, why would Jesus even do this? The reality is this. Why would he let Satan do this? I, this is going to begin with theology. Because Satan has a legal right to do so. I know it's not what Christians want to hear. They don't like it. And I'm not saying you've got to give in to all that mess. I'm just telling you. He has a legal right to do so. Now, but the problem is the reason we don't like it is because we fail to remember what we have, and that is a covenant. There's an old covenant and a new covenant. And the terms of the covenant are given to you in the Bible. This is not a, the Bible is called Biblios or Biblia. It is, means book of books. That is not a Christian terminology. God did not sit up in his word and say, I am giving you the Bible from heaven. That is not what he said. I'm giving you my word, but this is, Biblia is book of books is what it means. Actually, the terminology that God uses is covenant. There is an old covenant and a new covenant. And in the old covenant, there are terms. And in the new covenant, there are terms. Now, we'd use the term more like this. This is an image that you will understand. When we put this up here, you should understand it anyway. If you're of uh, any age whatsoever in here that, that have people responsible for Thank you, my brother. Show this picture up here, guys, for the will. And if you don't mind, show that will. Uh, familiar with this? How many of you have seen one of these before? Raise your hand. That's not enough people. I, raise your hand if you've seen one. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand now, but I'm going to take two minutes, 30 seconds here. If you don't have one of these, get one. That is not a lack of faith to have one of these. I have people tell me, well, no, I'm just believing God. You are a fool if you do not have one of these. Pastor, I can't believe you'd say that. You used that word three times. Because I'm just telling you, if you don't declare, I have a sound mind, get you an attorney and get one of these and lay it out there for people so your family doesn't go through hell when you leave. Can I get another? 
Some people been through it because somebody didn't have that and they had to pick up the pieces. Can I get another? And if you don't have life insurance, can I just, oh, that ain't having faith. I I don't want to talk to you. Don't meet me after church if you believe that mess. If you don't have life insurance, it's skip your four lattes a month and buy you a stinking term policy at least to put your butt in the ground. Okay, just do that for me, please. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get another? Thank you. This is real. Well, I can't. What's this have to do with anything? Because this, when you are lit gone, it stands. It will stand, and I don't care who stands up and fights against this. If you have one of these, and it's been legally authorized by an attorney, and it's been set forth, if you have one of those, it doesn't matter who in this room stands before the judge or anyone else and says, no, 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 he said I could have his lawnmower. Well, I don't say that in this, and this trumps everything you say. Let me tell you something right now. Listen to me. Satan has a legal right to stand before God and Jesus and to declare things over you and against you and make claims against your life and your family and everything else. But in this right here, if you go back to this right here and say, no, 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 no. The word says that by his stripes I am healed. Yeah, you might have put some junk after me, but I'm standing on this truth of his word. This is what this says. Are y'all following me right now? No, see, he'll declare everything. You're never going to make it. You're going to fall apart. You're going to fail. You can't, you're never going to make, you're going to make, get knees going to make, you can get a good check this week, whatever else. No, if that right there is in order, you believe that my God, based on this, new covenant, my God shall supply all of my need. You can say it all day you want to. And you got to think a little bit weird about this, but I'm going to be honest. If he's sifting you, where's he going to go at? Yeah, you're not going to make it. You can't live for Jesus. You're a failure. If you fight him with that, you're not going to win. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I think stronger than the devil. No, he doesn't say that. You're supposed to put that sword in your mouth and declare that by his stripes I am. No weapon formed against me shall. See, on a few of y'all even, you guys put it in your mouth. No weapon Formed against, there you go, shall, there you go. See, if you believe that, you put it in your mouth. And the more you put it in your mouth, the more your mind will say, okay. And the more he's going to leave you alone because he hates to hear this being spoken. He hates it. However, if you let him, he will run you through the ground. We'll say that's not fair. Well, let me just give you the authority from the word and, 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 and explain to you. From Romans 5.18, it says, So then as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. That's talking about Adam. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. That means because of his death, this will, this new covenant, this new testament is irrevocable. Let me, let me read you one more verse. 1 Corinthians 15 says, For since by a man came death, Adam... By a man also came the resurrection of the dead, Jesus. For as in Adam, all die. That's old covenant. For we are all born into sin. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. So what did Jesus do? So also in Christ, any or all will be made alive. That's the new covenant. For if any man calls upon the name of the Lord, he shall be what? Boom, new covenant enacted right there. Old covenant said we were dead in our trespasses and sins. The moment you say, Jesus, you are my Savior, and I commit to you my life, and I ask you to forgive me, you're my Lord and Savior. Something in those regards 
New covenant kicks in. You are no longer the old person. New person, new covenant, everything changed. But Satan still has legal right. So I don't understand how that's possible. Well, listen, let me give you a couple other verses that you may think, well, how is that possible? Well, this is what, uh, for, um, uh, let me just give you this out of 2 Corinthians. I thought I'd put that down there for you guys. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, here we go. I flipped the wrong page over. 2 Corinthians 4 4. Let me give you a couple of these real quick. 2 Corinthians 4 3. For Satan is the God of this world. He has legal authority here to say a bunch of stuff against you. It's, it's real. I know people don't like to talk about it. They're like, well, oh, there's a devil. That's just kind of weird. I wouldn't talk about that. That's exactly what he wants to do. And I ain't giving him credit. I'm not giving him glory. I hate his guts. He's a punk. Okay? But if you don't realize he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, you are already deceived. In Matthew 4, 8, Jesus, when the devil took him up on a high place or, and, and began to tempt him, he also took him and he began to present some things. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And the Satan said, verse 9, Matthew 4, verse 9, to Jesus, all of these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus never contested him and never said that's not true. Not one time. If that was not true, Jesus would have said, listen, man, you're a punk. You you don't own that. We all know it's true. When Daniel prayed, when Daniel, that ain't me, by the way, what that was. But anyway, so when Daniel prayed 21 days, remember this, the angel of the Lord was was held back. Why? Because he was waging warfare. Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. He has demon spirits over in other places. Why do you think some countries have issues that, that are the way they are? Why do you think we have issues the way we are? You can blame on Republicans and Democrats. I'm going to tell you the problem is this. It's demonic activity. They just yield to it. And people say, oh, that's just weird. You're getting weird, Pastor. No, I ain't weird. They don't move me. Let's tell them, listen, when I roll up in my house, all that mess, they ain't hanging out with me. When I come to my church, I've had people try and tell me that garbage. Oh, Pastor, there's just something weird here. I was like, no, it's you. You the weird one. Well, yeah, but I just feel something. I feel something too. It's because you you listen to that devil tell you something. No spirit here but the Holy Spirit. That's it. But you listen to that garbage long enough and you'll believe it. And people tell you that. And it makes you think weird stuff. It's because Jesus is greater. Is it true they have some influence? Yeah. Will they bring some warfare to you? Yeah, they will. Will they visit your house with stuff? Yes, he will. But you have been given weapons if you just would use them and to fight with. So, Pastor, is that true? I really got to fight? Yeah, you got to fight. Well, how do I do it? How do I fight? Very simple in the verse. Here it is. Luke 22, verse 31, same context. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat because he has a legal right to do so. But you're in a new covenant. So he can stand up there before the Lord all he wants to make accusations against you. In Revelation, he is called the what? The accuser of the... He, he's doing it right now. Why do you think Jesus is ever before the Father on the right hand making intercession for you? He says, nope. I know what he's saying, but it ain't true. That is mine. All that stuff he's saying, that's old. That's old person. That's the new one. 
Lensman, 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 and Lensman. Why don't they stand up and say something? Well, I'm working on it, but they're mine. Why is he louder than them? Well, they, they just, they, I don't know. They, they ain't got this figured out. I'm working on them, Lord. I'm Holy Spirit and everything, but, they just, right, but they're mine, you know. He's making intercession for you. Simon Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have watched this. Let's look at it together. Put the verse on the screen, guys, if you don't mind. Luke 22 and verse 31. I want you guys to see this. There we go. But I have what? I have what? Come on, I have what? Yeah, but I don't know how to pray. He didn't ask you if you knew how. Yeah, but I'm not good at it. He didn't ask you if you was good at it. Yeah, but that's Jesus praying for him. I know that's Jesus praying. But you know what would happen if you started praying? He said, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Which tells me there is a chance that it could be so difficult that your faith could fail. I mean, we don't have to play Christian stuff here. Let's just be honest. We've all been to the place where we almost just quit. And maybe even did quit inside. And just said, I can't do anymore. I just can't take it. I just I don't know what else to do. And let me tell you something. If you've never been there, then you've never been sifted. Because if you ever get sifted, it'll bring you to your knees. And that's when, now, something's changing. Because as long as we can still fight in our own strength, we got this under control to be frank and not to be uh, at all blasphemous when I say this we don't need God as long as we can do it ourselves but if it ever brings you to your knees now you know you're on the right spot and if you've never been brought to your knees before it'll happen eventually it'll happen pastor I wouldn't say that I'm not going to confess that (laughs) it ain't negative confession it's called life I've been doing this long enough to see it comes a time when every one of us fall to our knees and say, Oh God, would you please help me? Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't make it. I can't handle the weight of this. I can't handle this situation, God. I can't I keep this marriage. I don't know what else to do. This My kids, I can't figure this out. My, my job is falling apart. I can't. God, I can't. That's the best place you could be. It's before the Lord in prayer. I have prayed for you. And this prayer is not a hope so, a maybe so, a, a, you know, hope it works out for me so. It's the same word. I'll take a couple more minutes with this so you understand. It is the same word used when Satan says he's demanded permission. I'm going to show you these scriptures. And I will text them to you or email them to you if you ask for it. But throw these scriptures up. I want you to see all these scriptures. And these are just a few. I can't put them, I don't have time to get all of them. I could send you more. But look at all these scriptures. You can't read all of them. I'm, I'm just, all those highlighted spots are ask or ask or asked. Okay? John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, it is not a, God, I hope you do. It's a demand. It's not demanding of God. It's demand. It's mean you have enough guts to stand before the throne of God like that little punk Satan that's accusing you of all your stuff. That you stand before God in the same manner. If he's going to accuse you and be so bold and brassy, then you stand before God too and say, ain't true. But I'm going to ask of you, Lord, that you move in my family in Jesus' name. You don't ask like, God, I hope maybe 
could you just sin? That's the most, I want to slap somebody when I hear them talk like that. You think God's up in heaven want to answer that little weak prayer? Oh God, would you just, I just, I hope someday you can help me. Oh, shut up. Stand before God like you got some kind of something in you and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just declare and I ask of you to move in my family today. My husband, he's acting crazy. God, I ask you to just convict him and change his heart right now in Jesus' name. You don't say, God, maybe if he don't work out, maybe give me another. No, you go after him in Jesus' name. That girl, man, that wife, man, she, Lord, I don't know what's wrong with her. Don't talk about it. Go before God. Say, Lord, I thank you for giving me a good wife. In Jesus' name, Lord, help her. Don't sit up and let the devil do all the talking. I'm going to give you some more. John 14, 40. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Demand. Let me give you a couple of more. Now to him who is able, this Ephesians, do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or demand or think. Colossians 1, 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we've not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled. Not to ask, well, I hope they learned something in the Bible. No. To make a demand of the Lord in a honorable way, not in a demanding way from God, the devil is sent up there yakking his mouth off at you all day. you got to get in there. Say, you shut up. You're, you're not running over my family. In Jesus' name, Lord, that, when I listen to him, I thank you, Lord, that you have filled me with wisdom. James said, if any man lack wisdom, ask. That's not God. Would you just please give me some, I don't know what to do. Would you please give me some wisdom? That's not how you ask. My kids never ask me questions like that. Do yours? When they ask me, that little one, they all will do it. But when they want something, they don't say, Hey, Daddy, do you think maybe, I mean, I don't know, I was just wondering. Maybe, now, maybe if they ask for like, you know, a trip to Disney World. Now, the little one won't. The little one just says, can we just go tomorrow? But when we go by the Chick-fil-A, they don't, oh, Dad, you know, do you think maybe? Hey, Dad, can we stop for Chick-fil-A? They're not asking from a, man, I hope my dad would just. No, they go, because they know I got an app and I got some money. And that stinking Christian chicken, you know, I love them, but it's like a magnet, like a moth to a flame. It just draws you in, man. You know, they don't ask me, Dad, you think maybe. Could I get a milkshake maybe? I mean, do you think? They don't ask like that. Dad, they have peppermint milkshakes. We have to get one. We don't have to do anything. Yes, we do. They will not have them next month. That's how kids ask. And what are we supposed to do? Jesus said, when you approach the Lord, have faith like a what? Like a child. Stop asking like some old embarrassed person. My God, you don't want to. Get in there like a weirdo. Say, Lord. Next month, they're going to be out. I'm asking today, Lord, let's get it today. Today. You don't have to be like timid with the Lord. You're in a new covenant. And so you got to fight. So I'm going to close out with this, okay? Mercy, we've got a dry throat. <clears throat> you have to fight, though. And I'm closing out. Yeah, I'll be all right. It'll be all right. I'm preaching next service, so it'll be fine. So you have got to fight. So First Timothy says this. Nobody's going to do this for you. You're going to have to fight. Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of what? 
It is a fight. I'm telling you right, you got to fight for your position with God. Not that it's changed because he's already done it. But your belief of that position, you have to fight against the evil spirits that try to tell you things that aren't true. You have to fight for your position as far as in life. You have to pray through some stuff. It's not just going to be given to you. When you first start as a Christian, everything works out great, doesn't it? You're just like, wow, this Jesus thing's great. Six months in, it's like, man, what happened to all that? It's called you got, you got to fight. In Ephesians 6, it says, in addition to everything else that I'm telling you today, all the armor that Paul said, you take upon the shield of faith. Why do you need a shield of faith? To quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. You're going to have to fight. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him this morning before pastor goes any longer. You're going to have to fight. See, that was weak. I kick your tail right now if you was against me. That was weak. You look at him right now and look like you got some crazy eyes, man. Look at him and tell him like, you're going to have to fight. That's a little better. Some of y'all still aren't used to it. Apparently, you never got in a fight as a kid. You must have been an only child. If you had siblings, you would have fought. Look at him again and tell him like, you are going to have to fight. That's better. That's better. 1 Peter 5, 8. Listen to this as we wrap up. Be sober of spirit. Be on alert for your adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He talks a lot, blows a lot of smoke, acts big and bad, but he's not. He's like one. He's not one. He's seeking someone to devour. Straight up. He's got legal right to do so. Like it or don't like it, that's the terms. But... Resist him firm in your faith. You're going to have to fight. Now, I'll tell you all this today to open up this series. Next couple weeks, we're going to talk about how to do some of these things. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you've let him run over you for the last year, you, it's time for you, when you walk out this door today, if you've got to act like it's invisible or whatever, I don't know, you got, i got a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. And, I, and I'm walking out of here, and I'm about to kick some tail. In Jesus' name, not, on, not you, not you, but the Lord backing you. I'm going to pray, and, and I'm going to do some more. For, I'm going to take care of some business. Let him run over your family. Don't let him run over your stuff. But you're going to have to fight. If you think I'm weird, I'm sorry. But you're the one that's going to get run over. If you're not willing to fight, it ain't like you got an option. He's a bully. He's going to keep stealing your lunch money every day at school until you stand up to him. Punch him in the nose, hard as you can. That's, that's how you fix a bully. I mean, wait. <clears throat> I just hope somebody didn't go to school, you know, and like. Anyway, uh, oh, that don't come back to hurt me there. <laughs> well, Pastor said I just did what he said. Oh, no, I didn't. Anyway. All right, so. Before we go, we want to pray over these folks in Sudan, okay? And I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. But um, would you stand on your feet? And I say all this, knowing this. So there's a team going to South Sudan, and I've been there. It's very remote. It's a very difficult place to be. Uh, it's not just impoverished, man. Listen, uh, what you can fix here with some off, uh, the kids die all the time from it. That malaria, you know, mosquito bites. and No water, no food. The UN's a mess. The World Health Organization is a mess. I've been there, seen it all. That junk they've been on TV, let me tell you, it's a mess. It just is. And I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, no matter how much money you have, you can't fix something that's just governmentally and spiritually got issues with. It takes the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so 
what they're doing is going in there and they're going to reopen. It's been down for since COVID um, because they're in, you know, their issues are much different than ours. But they're going to open back up the Bible college, get the evangelists back out on the field. And uh, the budget works like this. It's set up into to a third and it's a pie, if you will, in a sense, one thirds. And a third of it goes to medical missions. We did that. Went over there with the team and helped some some kids and some family members. Um, I mean, everything from leprosy to, you know, it's just, most of it's a lack of sanitation. There's a lot of that, but there's some real issues beyond that. A third of it goes to the evangelist to get the gospel out. And a third of it goes to the Bible college. And so this team's going over to open back up basically the whole ministry. And um, this year, Pastor Steve's not going to be on that trip, but uh, he specifically asked, will we pray for them? It's a big deal. Uh, it's a very difficult. It's not like flying into, I've flown in some other places. This by far is the most difficult place I have ever uh, set foot on. And um, uh, I wasn't scared. It just, I realized the severity of what was going on. So would you join me right now as we pray for this team and, and use the, some of the stuff you just heard me uh, talk about today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And Father, we ask you today to be with, first of all, every one of these team members that are flying out this week. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your angels of God to encamp around about them. Protect them, watch over them in Jesus' name. God, we just charge and send forth angels to do warfare for them. To break down any strongholds, any spiritual opposition that might come their way. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to send warrior angels out. To do warfare, God. To break down the things of the enemy that he may have tried to set up in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for their flights to be worked and on time and... Everything to just line up systematically the way they're supposed to in Jesus' name. Thank you for the leaders there. Those that are in charge of getting people there safely and back, God. Give them the wisdom and understanding, Lord, in the name of Jesus to make the right decision to go to the right place, to avoid certain streets and to avoid certain things as they're prompted by your Spirit. I just pray for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit for each one of them on this trip. I pray for Dr. John and the team there on the campus. And I just pray, God, that you would infuse them with energy and life and a, and a gift from your spirit, Lord. Would you just, God, in this season that they've been closed, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would fill their hearts again with a passion and compassion for those people that are in South Sudan. Thank you for the safety of the people there. I thank you for the evangelists that will go out and risk, many of them risk their lives to present the gospel in Muslim uh, areas. I pray in the name of Jesus that you watch over these young men. And women, as they go out on their bikes and mopeds, in Jesus' name, would you help them and watch over them and protect them in the name of Christ? I pray for each one of them, Lord. I thank you for the driver that he's healed and healthy, and God, that his eye and everything else is okay now. I just thank you that he's ready to drive the medical team and that you watch over them, protect the nurses and the doctors as they go in and do the work that they're doing. And I just pray, Lord, that this area, this region that, that I've visited, God, I just pray as we lift them up to you, that God, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been declared there. And I just pray that it would begin to influence not only South Sudan, but begin its way up north and infiltrate North Sudan and bring the light of the gospel into a Muslim nation. And God, they would see many, many, many people turn to Christ. May you give them the strength to persevere and not to quit and not give up, Lord. Thank you for their faithfulness in this nation. We just pray for them and thank you, God, for great team results and a great uh, report coming back in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, listen, before you go, <clears throat> just to remind you today, I catch the visions over here in the campus house when you leave. And if you never accepted Christ, uh, I want to pray for you uh, in this area before you leave. Uh, if you're watching online as well, 
just want to take a moment to pray for you guys before we leave. And if you're here and you never accepted Christ, I don't want to let you leave without giving you an opportunity. It's a very simple prayer. I kind of gave you the idea of that. It's just call upon the name of the Lord. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you never accepted Jesus, you're watching online or in this room, just repeat this after me. And the whole church is going to pray with you right now. So we just bow your heads once more and let's pray this together. Just say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all sin. To accept me, Lord. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. <laughs> right, church? <clears throat> so proud of you. You prayed that online as well, man. So proud of you guys as well. Uh, there'll be a little things pop up on the screen called connect.cornerstonerome.com. We'd love to help you get started walking with Christ and help you get uh, on a pathway of discipleship. We'll send you information, help you in any way we possibly can. But take the time to fill that out for us, and we will uh, do our best to help you in every way we can get started walking with Christ. Well, before we go, I want to say Happy New Year. To all of you, I want to say to you, um, whatever the enemy may have tried to steal from you or did last year, I want to challenge you uh, to stand up and uh, declare and demand that uh, it stops no more. But you actually do that. And uh, we'll jumpstart that for you. Uh, we'll have some prayer folks, and they'd love to pray for you here in the church. If you need prayer, if you need someone just to agree with you, if any two, Come together, agreeing on anything, touching my name, anything they ask. That word's not, well, I hope it's demand. It shall be done for them. So we'll help you. We'll jumpstart you when we dismiss. If you want to come down front, we'd love to pray for you. But before we go, our church is going to be open for prayer. I'll share this again next week. And we're just opening the doors and let people come whenever they can for prayer. It'll be open. The, the information will be out there for you. But I want to challenge you right now that at some point, we start next week in prayer. Whether you're here or somewhere else, that you have a time somewhere, if it's just five minutes. And don't tell me you can't pray five minutes. You can pray the Lord's Prayer five minutes over and over again if you have to. You make a commitment to pray. I'm challenging you. That is a commitment I'm asking you to do for you, for your family. And I'll explain more next week. But I want you to ask God this week, when and where and how? It's just between you and God. Wherever that might be, but you're going to pray. You may not be like, man, I can't pray for two hours. I'm not asking. I'm saying minimum five minutes. But I'm challenging every one of us, and I'll talk more next week, but I want you to ask God this week, how is that going to look the next 21 days, starting next week when we start praying? We'll send out more information about that. So before you go today, in Numbers chapter 6, 24, I'd love to declare this over the church. And God, this is from a blessing for the Lord that he gave Aaron, told Moses uh, to tell Aaron to bless the people of God with this. And it's in Numbers 6, 24. And it says, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, that's our declaration over you guys. God bless you guys so much. You're dismissed. Unless you want to hear me do a little Spanglish. God bless you, man. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.